This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. My name is Brendan Nunez. We don't have Rich Ivanowski on here today, but we have another special guest. We have Ty Ellis, who is the head coach of the Stockton Kings, the G League affiliate of the Sacramento Kings. How you doing, Ty? Doing fine, thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time, man. And and just to start, um, for people that don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of your background? My understanding is you played EuroLeague ball for a long time as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Ty Ellis, and I'm currently the um, head coach for the Stockton Kings, uh, which is the G League affiliate for the Sacramento Kings. Um, I just I, well, I just completed my eighth year of professional coaching. I played for 11. I uh, went to Southern Nazarene University, a small Christian school in Oklahoma City. And uh, I've really been blessed and, and, and fortunate to experience the, the things that I have. Definitely. And what were some of your experiences um, and things that you learned over playing in Europe? A lot of guys that I talk to that play over there say that it's a lot of a slower-paced game, um, more physical in a way. Do you feel like there's things that – that you learned in Europe that you're able to bring to NBA ball that maybe is a little um, is something that you don't see if you were to, if you would have just stayed in the states. I don't think it's a slower paced game. I I think you have to think more, uh, which which makes it slower for some people. Um, like I was I was once again I was very fortunate to play in the top leagues and in. EuroLeague and all that stuff for the majority of my career, uh, and so I man, I absolutely loved it uh, uh, more so because I came from I came from a small school, right? And so mm-hmm. coming from a small school, I had to really be purposeful with my with my actions and like intent with my thoughts to excel, right? To even get noticed to be able to go to the ACB. You know, and so that came natural for me. So I wasn't as instinctual as some people are. And uh, and so I just, like, it really taught me that European basketball is more suited for my game than the NBA. 
you know. And so it was perfect for me. Uh, uh, I had some phenomenal coaches, man, some great coaches that really taught the game. And the one thing I've noticed over here is we're so athletic over here and we make so many moves, moves or plays off of our instincts, you know. But over there, it's more methodical. And you can make the same exact move, but you have an idea of what the defense will do because you've practiced every scenario, right? There's a lot more time to practice, so which we, we are – kind of more prepared than we are in the States. That makes sense, right? And you can't really coach those instincts, right? I mean, the, the what you're talking about of being able to read and react in a way is kind of what I'm, I'm getting from that is, is definitely a more coachable thing. And, and for you to transition to coaching after 11 years of playing, was that just uh, your way of staying in the game? Or what made you transition to coaching? Well, I was I I went to college with the mindset of coaching college. Uh, I I registered in my freshman year, so I could I could get my master's paid for. And so I had always had the idea of coaching basketball, professional basketball, just kind of happened. Uh, and so I had a great senior year with really good numbers, and scouts are in the stands, and I'm asking my coach who. Who are they coming to see? Because I'm, I'm like <laughs> averaging all these. Well, they're coming to see you. And then that's when I kind of realized that, man, so I can play pro ball. And the rest is kind of history. So I always knew I was going to coach. I didn't know that I was going to play professional basketball. Okay, got it. And what type of player were you? Uh, I was literally a combo guard. And when, okay. and when I say that, most Agents I talked to when they were trying to get me to look at their player, they say, well, this guy can play the one or the two. And very seldom can a guy play both because it's right. a different mindset. It's, a, it's, it's different responsibilities. It's, it's totally different positions. And I was, I was literally a combo guard. So one, I remember one, one, one season – I played for uh, Naples in Naples, Italy, and we were in EuroLeague, and I and I was the starting point guard. And then, but the following season, I went back to the ACB in Spain. I was a two guard, and so like, and and uh, um, I I really defended. That really got me my mm -hmm. opportunities, and you know I was a, I could jump and shoot, but what really got me noticed to. Um, to get the opportunities was my defense because I picked up full every single time. That was something that I was known for. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that gave me my shot. Got it. And then when you're, when that transitions to coaching, do you feel more of a relatability to guys that are in that same role? Absolutely. I understand. I, anytime a player comes to me, with some type of question or some type of uh, discrepancy or they want to challenge anything, like my first uh, uh, couple comments is, I understand I, because right. I really do, right? And so uh, uh, me playing in Europe, me playing in, in the States have really helped me communicate uh, so effectively with uh, my players. Right, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I would assume among the, the guys that you're coaching, it gives you a level of respect as well. Um, and so what was your first uh, coaching opportunity that you got? 
Uh, I retired in 2012. I uh, tore my Achilles in May, and I was uh, debating on going back because I have a, a, a European passport. So mm-hmm. I could have went back and played, and I had some offers to go back, and my wife and I talked about it, and she said, well, you're 34, and uh, let's put out a couple of emails. And if you get uh, an opportunity, let's go ahead and retire. And so I did that, and I got uh, wound up getting three offers, and I chose to go to Oklahoma City to be uh, the the assistant, lead assistant for uh, their G League team. Okay. And then uh, my understanding is you spent some time as an assistant coach for summer league teams in Phoenix and uh, Sacramento, and then uh, later in in your uh, career you were an assistant coach in Phoenix. And like you said, you spent time in the G League. You're a head coach in Stockton right now. Um, what is what do you feel like the main differences are between working as a coach in in the majors of the NBA and the G League? All right, so I I, I want to rewind. I did do uh, assistant with the Phoenix Suns, but I also did it in 2009 and 10 when I was still playing. Oh, okay. So when I was still playing, I was focusing on life after basketball. And when you playing, like when you have a job, it's easy it's easier to get another job. And so uh, David Griffin and Steve Kerr were in the front office, and my agent is Bill Duffy. And so I asked Bill, could I start that process now while I'm still playing? And so he reached out to Steve, and Steve allowed me to be on Alvin Gentry's Summer League. Now, fast forward, I get hired by the Phoenix Suns to be on their Summer League, their G League head coach and assistant coach. But that relationship started maybe five to seven years uh, uh, before I, I okay. even got my my shot. So uh, the question – I forget the question again. Can you please repeat? Yeah, what, what do you feel like uh, some of the differences are working between the NBA and the G League? Well, the uh, NBA is so many games and there's not that much time for practice. And that's really one of the biggest things that I've noticed. And even if you do practice, it's a condensed version because you have the next three days you have two games. And so very seldom during the season will the schedule will the schedule allow you to really have a really good practice. And uh, uh, and not to mention you the rotations are way smaller in the uh, NBA. So. If you have a guy who's averaging 30 to 38 minutes a game, 40 minutes a game, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of wear and tear on on their body. So those guys really don't practice much. It's it's more about maintaining. Now, in the G League, I literally play 10 guys. Like, And so we practice. You know, when it's time to go to work, we work. And so we, we have 50 50 games, and and sometimes the schedule gets hectic, but every time, every opportunity we get, we touch the court. And it may be something as simple, let's have a good stretch, put up shots for an hour, no no, no physical play, and then leave. But every single time, we, every single opportunity we get, we touch the court. And I couldn't do that in the, in the NBA. Yeah, that makes sense uh, for sure. And, you know, but obviously before Gatorade took over, it was the D-League, it was the Development League. So how do you balance, because obviously at the same time you're trying to win as many games as possible, how do you va- balance developing these guys and focusing on winning? Um, I really don't 
focused on winning, to be honest with you. Like winning is a byproduct of the hard work that, that we put in. It's obvious okay. that everybody wants to win. That's not something that – so I don't have to focus on it because we play the game to, to win. So I really don't focus on winning. I focus on development. I focus on the, the, the mental side just as much as I do the physical side of development. And in my experience, I've been able to, to really gain equity with the players and trust. So when I coach them hard, I've spent so much time loving them and teaching them that they know it comes from a good place, right? And so, and I teach, I teach, you know, uh, uh, my, my, my staff and I, we teach the why first, the how what, and the how second, and the what third. And we teach in that order, right? It, it's the, 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 you know, the, the why is so important, man. Why do we do this? Back in the day when I played, the head coach would tell us something to do, and we did it without asking questions. But that's not the case any, any, anymore. These young men are more knowledgeable. They have more access to, to the game than what we did growing up. So they want to know why. And I don't have a problem explaining the why. And now I teach, and then secondly, I teach uh, the how. And, this is, and then thirdly, this is what we're, we're going to do. And that has worked very well for me. And so if I have to if, – if I sub a guy out, he already knows why because right. we talked about it. And right. so I, – and, and I tell him, if you come out, come out as a professional and get ready to go back in. But do not come out sulking, complaining. That's, that's, that's going to keep you on the bench. Right. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling After the Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. And it's kind of a tricky situation because you have guys that are on different contracts. You know, like the, the Sacramento roster is obviously focusing on these two-way guys with uh, first Stockton, we're talking Kyle Guy and Daquan Jeffries. And say they send some guys down, you know, maybe Harry Giles goes down there, spends some time. Um, is that a tricky situation to navigate with some guys' minutes being fluctuated by people being sent down? And do you feel like it's different conversations with different guys or do you try to treat everyone that's there just – as the same person, you know you're just a part of the roster. It's not difficult for me because I'm 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 honest. Like part of Kyle guys and or, or part of the development of any guy that is assigned to us, I don't like to, to say sit down because it has such a negative connotation to right. it. But anybody who is assigned to us, part of their develop part of their development is being held accountable. And so if you go in the game and just do what you want to do, I'm, I'm, as, a, as a head coach, I'm doing you a disservice because you won't be able to do that when you uh, go back to the NBA team. 
And so everybody had everybody is held accountable to the same level. Now I would like to thank uh, Coach Luke and the front office and uh, my GM for allowing me to coach that way because it's not like that on on most G League teams. You know, some coaches are handcuffed. This guy has to play 30 minutes or 35 minutes, regardless. And I and 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 I don't I do not agree with that because that that guy knows that the team knows that, and you start to 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 lose equity and and trust with the entire organization. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the guys deserve the minutes, they get it. I, I definitely see where you're coming from there. And um, yeah, I want to touch on on your your interaction, like you were talking about with Luke and and the other guys in in the Sacramento front office. How often um, are you guys communicating, and what what is that situation like? And you said it. It sounds like it's. I mean, that obviously varies team to team, right? Yeah, man. I've 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 been on teams, man, where it's been horrible, and I've been on teams where it's been great. And, and and Luke has come in with an open arms regarding the G League with an open mind and a, a level of, of, of trust. And I respect that a lot. And I appreciate that a, a lot as well. During the preseason and a veterans camp, I, I'm an extension of Luke's staff. When the season starts, obviously he's busy doing his thing and I'm busy doing my thing, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm welcome with open arms and Luke expects me to obviously do what they do, but also do what I do best. And Luke gives me the freedom to, uh, have my own place to have, uh, or b- better yet to put my stamp on the set on the Stockton Kings. But also if somebody is assigned, they can come in immediately and be effective. And so it's, it's a real good synergy uh, at this point with the Stockton Kings and the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, that's great to hear. And obviously, you know, get, letting you uh, do what, I mean, you're in place uh, there to do with running that team and having that, that bit of freedom uh, definitely sounds like it would be beneficiary to you and all the guys that are on that roster. And, and to touch on Guy and Jeffries a little bit, um, if you can, is there certain aspects of their game that you've been that they and you uh, co- collectively have been working on to improve? It seems like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, like Guy has had a lot of ball handling responsibilities. I felt like that maybe he didn't have previously. Is there certain aspects of their game that you had, guys have been focusing on this year? Yeah, yes, Kyle. Uh, Kyle learning to play the point, not be a point, but just play the point of position and also his uh, defense. And I think Kyle has improved tremendously in in those two areas uh, specifically. Uh, Kyle is obviously a phenomenal scorer. You know, he he doesn't need much help knowing how to score. Uh, his thing, his difference from college and pros is is understanding angles and the setup. You know, so many young players they want to dribble the ball until you know for seven seconds without doing anything. Mm-hmm. So offensively, I wanted to teach him how to be more effective and use angles and his body to set up his man as opposed to his dribble. And then defensively, learning how to hit and not get hit—that's a—that's a—that's a, a, a skill because he doesn't have a big strong body, but his mind is his weapon. And if he and, and if he's proactive defensively, he can learn. Uh, 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 how to hit and not get hit. And so 
Uh, and and to 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 Kyle's credit, th- there were times, man, where I I coached him hard. There were times where I benched him, and he remained a, a, a consummate professional through through all of it. And so, um, hats off to him. I'm I'm really hoping that he has a long NBA career. And uh, DJ DJ played the four in college, and so his 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 mannerisms, his his movements, his the small nuances of a of a wing are totally different as a four, and that's what he has to uh, uh, continue to develop on. I think he did a really good job with uh, showing off his athleticism, and boy, can he shoot the ball! I did not realize <laughs> how how much of a shooter DJ is. He shot the ball extremely well, uh, uh, and he improved with his wing. Uh, ability offensively and defensively. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to overlook uh, the rest of the guys on the roster as well, just because those are the two ways. Um, I just want to, you know, if, if there's anything that you want to get out there on, on any of the other guys on this roster that you maybe feel like are a little overlooked by, by the people that aren't spending time watching every single Stockton game, which, by the way, the games are extremely entertaining. The stadium's great and everything. So people, anybody that's not keeping up, you should. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other talented guys on this roster obviously Sacramento's own Cody Demps um there's Isaiah Cannon Gabe Vincent obviously ended up getting picked up by Miami um but can you just touch on a little bit of the rest of the roster you got going on too yeah man man, there were times the majority of the season we played with seven and eight players because the 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 Kings had injuries so Cal and DJ were 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 with them a lot and then Hollis Thompson and Tyler Eulis, they took up two of our spots with uh, because they, they came in the season injured and they didn't play until February, right? And then we our center tore his meniscus in training camp. So we started off the season, you know, with seven guys and then Kyle and DJ going up and down. And we still held the number one position for the entire year in our division. And, and mostly because of guys like Gabe Vincent, Eric Eric Mika, Cody Demps. You know, uh, uh, um, Gabe Vincent averaged, I want to say, nine to ten points uh, around that last year. Didn't play much at all. Didn't have uh, – uh, he was he was injured a lot last season. Didn't, didn't make anybody's summer league team last year. But I literally saw him work every single day, Monday through Friday, in the – in the gym with the gentleman by the name of Gus Gus uh, uh, Armstead. That's that's his set. He worked his butt off, and he was so focused. And so people, the the different scouts kept asking me, "Where did this kid come from?" I know he was here last year. You guys didn't recognize him <laughs> last year, you know. And for right. him to, when he left us, he was averaging twenty four points, eighty nine percent from the free throw line, forty eight percent from the field. And forty-one percent from three. Yeah, on crazy volume from three oh, too. Yeah, he was averaging eleven threes a game yeah. while shooting forty-one. So that's that's a testament to uh, the staff, to the organization, uh, but most important, most importantly, to Gabe's work ethic and his focus. And so we had guys like that man, um, Isaiah Cannon. He he came in with so much humility. Uh, uh, just worked his tail off, man. Uh, Isaiah 
Panero, he's he's from the Stockton area. I mean, the uh, Sacramento area. He he came in as a rookie and worked really hard. And so, man, we, we from from top to bottom, everybody played their part, and everybody had uh, their their responsibility to help us win, and they did that. Yeah, definitely, and credit to those guys and, and yourself as well uh, for allowing all that to happen. And and there's a lot of changes going on with the G League in regards to obviously mainly looking at these these draft prospects that are choosing to go to the G League rather than the NCAA. And what do you feel like are some of the, the positives of this? And then if you feel like there's there's areas of concern as well, like all these guys are going to be on the same team, my understanding is maybe they got a little bit of a different schedule. Um, what is your reactions to, to these new developments that's going to be going on next year? I don't have not one negative thing to say uh, um, uh, uh, about it. I do want to uh, praise Sharif Abdul Rahim our president for being uh, innovative and, and, mm-hmm. and providing different solutions outside of the norm. These, th- these young men will be on the same team, but there's only going to be, I think, three to five of them, right? And then the rest of them, the rest of the roster will, will be filled with seasoned veterans, right? right? They're, they're, they're going to have an experienced NBA coach. They're 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 going to have the like the the best uh, facilities and and living accommodations, and they also have an opportunity to take online classes if they if they choose to. Not to mention they're getting paid a hefty salary, right? right? And so I commend the uh, NBA and the uh, G League for 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 putting this model uh, together. They won't play fifty games. They'll play, I, I believe. 28 maybe they'll play everybody once. I think that that was the rumor uh, go, going around. I'm not 100 for sure, 100 percent sure about that, but they 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 won't play 50, and so they will really have a chance to develop and nurture and and be ready for the following year. So it's a it's a win win for everybody. Right, definitely, and it, it brings more eyes to to the talent that's already been in the G League, sitting on your roster and uh, throughout the rest of the league, and and then also, can you just touch on, it seems like because of this, or, or maybe it was bound to happen no matter, it seems like there's some quality of life improvements that have been happening as well, like the guys getting their own uh, hotel rooms when they're going out and things like that, right? Yeah, I heard that rumor. I, I'm not sure how, if it's uh, confirmed or, or, or not, but the, uh, the progression of the uh, G League started with Malcolm Farmer, the uh, the president before uh, Sharif. And after Malcolm left, Sharif took it, took the G League by the horns and just kept on going with it. Not to mention, Sharif was the GM of the Reno Bighorns before he took the the, the job. Uh, and so Sharif has a, a great understanding of, of, of where, we, where we were lacking. And man, he just stepped in and just did it. So I'm very proud of, of, of him and his staff and what they're doing. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. 
Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE to get your first order free. One of the last things I got for you is can you can you give a little bit of insight to what the travel like is like of the G League? Because my understanding is they can definitely be wearing just like it can for the NBA. But, um, yeah, what is, uh, what is the difference like in that travel and how much how much how, how taxing is it on you and the rest of the guys on the roster? Um, I mean, it's we, we fly commercial, you know, whether whatever professional team you're with. And 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 in whatever sport is difficult because you're traveling consistently. Only difference is we fly uh, we fly commercial, and it can be taxing. Uh, there are certain parts of the season where I'll, I'll give you an example. We flew into Toronto and played Toronto. The following day, we leave at 5:30 in the morning because we play in Delaware. That's wow. that same day. So we get to the and it was it's during the winter, so our flight was delayed. So we get to the hotel at one, I believe one, and the bus is at three thirty. Wow. And so we have to take a, a two hour eat, eat and take a nap within those two hours to get up and play on a back to back. And ironically, we won both of those games. <laughs> but then again, there's times where we play. Monday and don't play again until the following Tuesday. And the reason being, we don't own our gyms. The majority of the G League teams don't own the, the, the gyms. And so there's concerts and other things that are, that, that, that the gym have already dated for. And so every part of the season, sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it's easy, but it is taxing on the players, you know, uh, um, I'm not going to lie because you have six, nine, six, eight guys sitting coach, and some people aren't uh, as accommodating. And so <laughs> you, you have six, ten, Eric Mika sitting middle on a Southwest flight. Right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, that's, that's difficult. But you get used to it, man. And you the, – the G League, if you go into it with an attitude of gratitude, none of that stuff even matters. Because there are so many people that want our uh, positions, you know, we don't uh, we don't do much complaining. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. It's it's similar to I talked to Grant Napier yesterday, and you know, saying, uh, yeah, no matter if the team is successful or not, I'm one of 30 jobs going on here, and and there's a, yeah. a few more. Obviously, you're talking about um, the uh, a different level, but it's. It's obviously extremely comparable, and like you said, there's only so many spots. Definitely reason to be uh, gracious of, or grateful of what you got. Um, and the last thing I got for you, Ty, is just what is your ultimate goal, man? Like, are you trying to work your way up to, to being a head coach yourself in, in the NBA eventually? You know, this, this, this answer is, is, is going to sound very cliche-ish, but it's so true with, with, with me. Wherever God wants me to go, that's where I will go. And and when I first and and the reason being, uh, when I first got into uh, coaching, my my goal was to make it to the NBA. 
I had, I retired in 2012, and I had these goals in five years. I had three goals in five years to be a G League head coach, mm-hmm. to coach an NBA, and to work with USA Basketball. And by the grace of God, I was able to accomplish all those things in, in, in five years. And when I got to the NBA, I thought I was at the pinnacle, right? And then the, the eight months or nine months later, we all get fired. Now, imagine this. I'm in the G League as the head coach one year, and we do great. The next year, the Suns fire the head coach uh, uh, the day before my training camp starts, and they bring me up. And then I have a as an assistant coach under Jay Triano. Very, very thankful for Jay. Uh, Jay, Jay was awesome. Uh, and so we wound up, you know, not having a good year because of the the situation was really bad in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So circle back. I mean, uh, fast fast forward to June. Uh, I get a call saying that I'm I'm I'm, I'm getting fired basically, and 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 I asked them, well, uh, uh, is there something I did wrong? They said no. Uh, the owner wants to wants anybody affiliated with the previous staff just just wow. gone. We want a clean slate. And I say, well, I wasn't with the previous staff. You right. guys <laughs> brought me up. Oh yeah. I say, you know what? It's okay. But that right there, it taught me a lesson that I gave them way more of me than they deserved. Right, I, I didn't spend the the right amount of time studying uh, my word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was negligent to my my family. I'm spending 12 hours, 12 13 hour days, man, at the gym and doing work. And then for what? For for them just to fire me. And so right then and there, I recommitted uh, myself to God and my family. So if God wants me in the G League next year, I'm cool with. It. If God wants me in the NBA, okay, let's 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 go. But if God wants me out of the basketball, okay, well, show me what you want. And and with that mindset, I have peace. I'm not trying to meet the right person. I'm not stressing if I see something online or on TV. If somebody else gets a job that I think I deserve, you know, I'm not worried about that stuff anymore. But before that 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 stuff would stress me out. But now I'm I'm happy and I got peace. And so whatever happens, happens. I know that I'm a good coach. I know that I'm a good person. And Herm, Herm Edwards told me this when I was in Phoenix. He said, never be afraid to be you. If you get fired, guess what? You're going to find another job. And it's that simple. And so and that, 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 that meant the world to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a great outlook to have on everything, man. Just focus on what you got in front of you and, and whatever yep. whatever comes up, man. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Ty, for coming on, man. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you feel like you want to get out. But, again, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I personally want to thank, thank the Stockton fans, man. The last two years have been phenomenal. These, these fans are great. They uh, uh, contact me on Twitter and Instagram all the time. And I'm so thankful, man. And on behalf of the Stockton Kings and all of our players, thank y'all very much, man. And just keep on supporting.
Yeah, and thanks to you and all the players for being a form of entertainment for everybody in the city, man. I know everybody yeah, appreciates it. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the King's Pulse Podcast. You're here from us again in the next couple of days.